This is Emily. And this is Sarah. And this is Sisters Take a Side on Nicholas Barclay and Frederick Bourdine. Do you think there is any chance in hell I pronounced Frederick Bourdine's name correct in that intro? I'm going to give you like, yeah, I'm going to give you a solid 8 out of 10. Oh, okay, great. Well, we're going with confidence today. That's about the only thing we got going on. You got that big Sarah energy today. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't you tell? Just look at me. I look like a trash goblin. (laughs) You look delightful. Oh, you're so kind. You look so great. Um, Um, So what are we talking about today? Okay, well, first, um, tell the people where they can find us if they want to chat. Over on Instagram at sisterstakeaside underscore podcast. Or you can email us at – what's our email? Sisters. (laughs) dot take dot a dot side <laughs> at gmail.com mike that one was for you because our email address is so long i completely forgot it on the spot so no okay. great we are off to a great start so guys reach out Aww. follow us on social media shoot us an email chat we love hearing from you guys mm-hmm. um yeah okay well oh, my, my watch just beeped at me to move i cannot we can't today i watch can't. i'm gonna need you to take a big deep breath and calm down okay this kills me i you know this sarah i'm a runner I okay. My watch. I'll go out for a ten mile run on a Saturday. My watch has the audacity when I get home to beep at me to move. Okay, your virtue is signaling right now. I feel like. Oh, okay. Wow, <laughs> wow. you're really bringing I'm, a mood listen, to this recording. Listen, Sarah is here. She is not here to play. It has been a week, y'all. I don't even want to hear it. Don't even tell me about what a week has been for you. That's true. I feel like we both have a lot going on. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. Okay, but let's talk about this terrible case. Yeah, I'm super excited. So <laughs> I don't, I know you were, like, telling me about this off mic. I don't – I, like, know this case, but I don't really. So uh, before, I guess, like, are there any trigger warnings or can we just, like, jump right in? Um. Yeah, so trigger warnings for um, – oh, geez – um. I don't, neglect of children, potentially, trigger warnings for kidnapping and murder. Oh, good. So all the good stuff. So our trifecta. Perfect. I love it. Okay. So let's let's dive in. So it is May 2005, and a frantic tourist visiting a small town in France called a hotline for missing and exploited children. He has found this just, like, terrified boy who was living alone in a train station. So. Oh, no. I know. This is so sad. So the teenage boy is picked up by authorities and brought to like a local children's shelter where he tells just this most horrible tale. He tells authorities that his parents and younger brother were killed in a car crash and the uncle that he was sent to live with had abused him. So he ran away. This boy's name was Francisco Hernandez Fernandez. (laughs) (laughs) And he was character, but okay. And he was 15 years old. Do not talk about a, a sad child that way. I'm sorry, but Hernandez Fernandez, that's a lot of D's and E's and Z's. Francisco Hernandez Fernandez. It's <laughs> <laughs> my drag name. <laughs> so poor little Francisco was soon sent to a boarding school for orphan children um, where he just made a ton of friends. He was like charming all the teachers. Like he's like living his best goddamn life. He – was incredibly smart. He adapted really easily to social situations, all that. But he was really private. 
um, a couple of the students and teachers noticed that he didn't want to get like dressed or undressed in front of like other students, which I'm kind of like, I mean, me neither, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what he said was that he was trying to hide the terrible scars all over his body from his car crash that he was in. Mm. Um, he was also never seen without his baseball hat on, which he told everyone was because it was like the last thing he owned from his time with his parents. And so he never like wanted to be without it. Right. Okay. So he's there for about a month. And on June 8th, a teacher at the boarding school was watching a news program about the world's most infamous imposter. A thirty-year-old man named Frederick Borden. Bordeen? What did we what did we settle on? Bordeen? I think it's Friedrich. Oh, Bordeen. Friedrich. Well, you have the you have the the accents. Might as well throw them in. You think it's Friedrich? I think it's free. It looks like it's Friedrich to me. Oh, now Frick. Okay. <laughs> All right, enough. Okay, so Friedrich Bordeen. Um, so. Yeah, okay. Now I have to, like, start this sentence over I'm sorry. again. Because I'm you, sorry. Yeah. The, the flow is, okay, because this was, like, the gotcha moment. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> spoiler alert. The spoiler teacher, alert. The teacher who's watching this, like, news program about this, like, con man is like, oh, shit, that guy Friedrich looks a hell of a lot like this kid Francesco Hernandez Fernandez, who's no currently way. living in my school. So, Wait, so a 30-year-old was trying to pass him off himself off as 15 years old? Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay, that's ballsy. Okay, this is this is reminiscent of that time I was talking to one of my coworkers who is in his 20s. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, it's just, like, crazy. Like, people just always think I'm, like, so much younger than, like, I really am. <laughs> oh, man, it's so hard to be taken seriously. And he was like, yeah, you're in your 30s, right? I was like, okay. <laughs> but barely. Oh, I no. Mean, I, I mean, I guess you just I mean, never mind. <laughs> okay, moving on. Sorry. Um, so uh, this teacher calls the police and at police headquarters, uh, Francisco Hernandez Fernandez admits that he is actually Friedrich Bourdine and that for the past decade and a half, he'd been, he, he had invented (laughs) scores of identities in more than 15 countries and five different languages. So he had like all kinds of like aliases. So he went by Benjamin Kent, Jimmy Morins, Alex Dole. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this next one. Um, <laughs> and Michael – oh, at one point was going by Mike, Michelangelo Martini, which is fabulous. So – Wow. Oh, So over the years, Bourdain had basically like – ingratiated himself into like various youth shelters orphanages foster homes children's hospitals and he did this like all over the world so some of the countries that he did this in spain germany belgium england ireland italy luxembourg switzerland bosnia Portugal. what is wrong with this guy <laughs> austria slovakia <laughs> france sweden denmark and america so He was just this, like, master con man. And he always impersonated children. Like, that was his thing. And this is what I think is so interesting. And I put this in because I know how much he loves psychology. So Bourdain was examined by, like, all kinds of doctors, right? And the girls are like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? But, like, no one could figure out why he does this. Like, he's not a pedophile. There's no, like, sexual gratification from this. There's no financial motive. Like, he's just doing this to, like fuck with people 
See, and okay, this is why I'm fascinated with I this know. Kind of stuff. You know, remember when we were doing that AMA and we were talking about like what got us into like true crime and yeah. I was saying like true crime doesn't really scare me because I'm more fascinated by like what drives people to do these things, right? Right. Like yeah. that's that's diabolical. Okay, well, if you're interested, I and I've linked to it. It's in the show notes, guys. Um, this the New Yorker wrote this incredible article called "The Chameleon" about him, and Ooh. it is fascinating. You really should read it. It's really okay. good. Um, so he just has a you know, like I said, a decade and a half history of doing this. But what we're here to talk specifically about today is the con that made him famous. Ooh, bom so now let's rewind. So in October rewind. of 1997, are you, is that a little Hamilton? I like a little that. Hamilton throwback. Yeah, that's fine. It's cool. Okay, we, we can um, pass it. So it's October 1997. Uh, Bourdain is at a youth home in Spain. So again, he's claiming to be a child. He's 23 years old at this time, um, but claiming to be a child in this youth home. But. A child welfare judge who is, like, handling his case is like, dude, I don't know, like, and gives him basically 24 hours to prove that he actually is a teenager and thus, like, able to stay in this youth home, right? Because, like, sorry, but once you're over 18, like, you don't yeah. qualify for a lot of these services, right? Um, So she's like, look, you got 24 hours to, like, prove to me that you are actually a child and can stay here or I'm going to take your fingerprints. <sighs> and... Our friend cannot let this happen no. because his fingerprints are on file with Interpol from all this other shit he's been up to the last however many years. What right? a guy. So obviously he knows he's an adult. He has a criminal history. So he's like, well, shit, fuck. I, this, is, this is not good. So he has this like insane idea. He was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend to be an American and then I think the judge will probably let me go. And, like, I think this is interesting. Like, I don't know why America. Like, I don't. Yeah, that's odd. I So I'm kind of, like, curious what the thought process there was. Is that, like, maybe he thinks, like, other countries would just be more likely to be like, oh, shit, America. Oh, God. Okay, whatever you want. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Big bad America is going to come in and take its child back. Like, I mean, what? Maybe. I don't. I don't know. When, why not just, like, leave the child home? Like, you're, the gig is up. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, run away. Because that's what he yeah. would do before. Like, he would just, like, disappear. I mean. But that's what yeah. I mean. It's like, what's the motivation for doing this? Why are you doing this? I don't know. I don't well, know. Like, do you just get so bored with your own life that you're like, eh. You wake up one day and you're like, I'm just going to pretend to be someone else. I mean, I, mean, I guess. I mean, to be honest, like. <laughs> Do you see the appeal? I'm sure there are days like you've woken up and been like, you know, you know what? Like, yeah, but to go and pretend to be a kid so I can sleep in a youth hostel? No, thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this guy's taking it to like, like extremes. I don't think a a regularly functioning person would take it to. Right. I don't know if that's like the politically correct way to say that, but like, yeah, it's weird. I mean, there's obviously yeah. something like fucked up about this guy. I mean, I don't. Yeah, that's okay. super weird. So here our friend Friedrich is in a pickle, right? So mm -hmm. he's like, well, shit. Um, what am I going to do? So this is this is bananas to me. He sneaks into the office of the shelter's director and straight up 
calls the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And speaking in English, he claims that he that his name is Jonathan Duran, the shelter director, and that he is sitting in the room with a terrified child who's refusing to say where he is, but is speaking or excuse me, who he is, but is speaking with an American accent. So we're back this to guy like has no be- like boundaries. <laughs> we're back to like my favorite bit, which is like where I like to imagine I'm the receptionist on the other. It's like the DC snipers. Uh-huh. Where I like to pretend like who is this person picking up the phone? So like you know our girl Barb's is picking up that phone and is like, "Hello, National Center for Exploited Missing Children. How can I direct your call?" And this guy's like just straight up like, "Oh, I've got like I've got a kid here. I don't know. Like I think he's American." And she's like. <sighs> All right, hold on. And she's, like, pulling up, like, the Rolodex, the Rolodex. Of, like, all the missing kids. <laughs> and she's, like, does he have blue eyes? No. Nah, okay. Is he – right? Like, and that's, like, literally what happened. So, like, Bourdain offers up a description of this, like, quote-unquote child, but it's really just a description of himself. Himself. Right? And he asks if there's anyone in the database that matches that description. And sure enough, a match is found, mostly because um, Bourdain has a gap in his front two teeth. Um, and so that's kind of like an easily identifiable mark. And so Barb's, our receptionist, is like, girl, no problem. I found your guy right here. And faxes over a picture of Nicholas Barclay, a 13-year-old who went missing in 1994 from San Antonio, Texas. Oh, my God. So the fax comes over and it's like blurry. It's like shitty, right? This is 1997 fax machines. Like, yeah, probably took two days to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well send a messenger pigeon. Yeah. So the fax shows up and Bourdain is like, mm, well, I get. I mean, sure. All right. There's like enough similarities there. And he tells this woman, oh, yeah, I've got this is him. I've got Nicholas Barclay here. So there's so many similarities minus the 10 year age gap. Minus the 10 year age gap. And just based on this like blurry shitty faxed photo <laughs> this guy's i don't like this well put keep pants on oh no so okay. now i want i think we should talk about like who actually is nicholas barclay right? yeah. So, yeah, yeah so we're backing up a little bit more so on june 13th 1994 13 year old nicholas barclay called his mom uh, beverly to come pick him up from a neighborhood basketball game um but our girl Bev's was working the night shift at Dunkin' Donuts, so she was asleep when this call came in. And instead of getting his mom on the phone, Nicholas spoke to his brother Jason. Um, so Jason told Nicholas just to like walk home from the game. He was like, "I'm not picking your ass up. Like walk home." But then an hour passed, and then another hour passed, and Nicholas is not home. And at first, like no one is too concerned about this. So Nicholas had a history of running away from home and just, like, honestly, like, had a really unstable home life. Like, there's just a lot of sad stuff here. Like, his mom, Beverly, was addicted to heroin. His father was just, like, not present in his life. Um, He had been – he himself had been, like, in and out of trouble with the law. Um, He – like, there's a a bunch of, like, domestic incidents between him and his mom – Um, He actually was due to go to court the next day, June 14th, and was facing possible detention in, like, a juvenile facility. Like, he was not in a great place. So, um, are you on mute? I, like, can't hear you all of a sudden. (laughs) I was. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
I was drinking out of my water bottle and I didn't want the mic to pick it up. So I was like, I'm going to secretly just sip a little. My bad. Okay. Um, This is really sad. Yeah, this is sad. Will you make a note of that timestamp for me? So that's like 15... 1550. Well, no, like... 48. Will you mark like, yeah, 1530? Yeah. Tranquil. Sorry. No, you're okay. Um, And then mark down... 1610. So the family waited three days before calling the police. Wow. Three days. And like, on one hand, I'm like, okay, okay, like he had run away from home a lot before, but three days, I mean, this is a 13 year old boy. Three days is a long time. It's a really long time. So. Despite a pretty extensive search, the police were just never able to find any leads. Like, I think, I mean, this kid had no cell phone, no car, no credit card. Like, how do you track this kid? Yeah. Right? This was what? Like, right, like, the middle of the 90s, right? 97, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, um, yeah. And, you know, because, like, he had this pending court date, both his mom and his brother were like, well, maybe he just ran away to, like, get away from the court date. Like, they were very much like, oh, he ran away. Like, his family immediately was like, he ran away. This is what happened. But what I think is weird, like, he didn't take any money or any of his possessions with him. So we run away with no money? Yeah, that seems a little weird. Right? So I would think, yeah. The only, like, other kind of, like, lead in this case is that about six months after Nicholas disappeared – Jason claimed to have caught him trying to break back into the house. But when the police showed up, there was no evidence of him having been there. They were never able to track him down. And no sightings of Nicholas have ever been made since. Wait, so Jason was just like, hey, bro, like, I see you trying to break into the house. Like, yeah, how's the weather? Didn't like. Allegedly. Tackle mm-hmm. him. Like, I mean, what? Well, we got we got some words for our, for our girl, Jason. Just wait. Oh, boy. Is Sorry. Jason a dirtbag? Jason doesn't look great. great for our guy, Jason. Great. Great. We'll bring it. Let's drag him. Let's drag him. Let's do it. So, you know, <laughs> years – so one year passes, two years pass, and there's just – there's no sightings of Nicholas, no leads. That is until about three years after his disappearance, his family gets a call from Spain. Okay. Oh, damn. So we're now – so now we're – okay, go ahead. With- Okay. No, go ahead. I'll wait. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so now we're back with our guy, Frederick. Friedrich. Frederick. Whatever we want to call him. Frederick. Frederick. Frege. Frege. Yes. <laughs> so our guy, Frederick, who just was talking to Barb's, the receptionist, um, he ends up, he asked Barb's to like send him a legit photo, like overnight it in the mail to him, right? Because he's still pretending to be this like shelter director. So he gets the photo in the mail and he has this like, oh shit moment. So this is like a nice, like clear, crisp photo. Um, Our friend Frederick has brown hair and brown eyes. Nicholas Barclay was blonde with blue eyes. Oh my God. Nicholas had a cross tattoo on one of his fingers, to which I say, what 13 year old is getting tattoos? What's happening? Yeah, what? Um, this is kind of gang. Like, who is this kid? Uh, well, I mean, he had a hard life. Like, I don't I know. Mean, it's yeah, hard to that's like. Fine. That's fair. So, what he ends up having to do is Frederick 
gives himself like a legit prison tattoo, like a like a <laughs> poke and ink tattoo to match the one that Nicholas had on his finger. Wow. <laughs> this guy's dedicated. If anything, he's dedicated. He is sticking to this con like you would not believe. Hernandez Fernandez is in it to win it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so now everyone's like, oh my God, this is so great. Nicholas Barclay's alive, right? And Frederick is kind of like, well, fuck, like, I mean, okay. Like, like the way it's described is that, like, he was not expecting this to actually work, right? No one, no one would. <laughs> so now, like, that might be his most sanest moment. Yeah, he's like, shit, fuck. What am I going to do? Yeah. So he, like, concocts this absolutely fucking banana story. So he says that he was, you know, walking home from this basketball game in San Antonio, Texas, was kidnapped, brought in a car, then flown over to Europe and was part of this, like, child sex trafficking ring where he was tortured, abused, and experimented on. Um, he claims that his captors injected his pupils with chemicals <laughs> to turn them brown. Okay. And that he lost his Texas accent because he'd been forbidden from speaking English. So, like, not only does this guy, like, not have a te- Texas accent, he also has a French accent. Yeah. Like, he's like, oui, oui, like, oui, oui. Right? Like, and they're like, um, you're claiming you're from Texas? Like, and he's like, what? yeah, well, it, I sound like this because they made me speak French. And so now I can only talk in a French accent. So wow. he says he escaped from this, like, child sex trafficking ring and, like, ran to – I don't even know where he said he ran to. But, like, he escaped from this house and that's how he was, like, found. Oh, boy. That's so, a story. That's a story. And everyone's just like, cool, cool. Okay, yeah, sounds good. No problem. Sounds totally legit. So they, like, call our girl Bev's, the mom, and is like, hey, like, we found your son. And she's like, cool, cool. Um, All right. She sends his sister Carrie to go pick him up, which, again, I don't like to, like, judge. But, like, my son goes missing and is found alive three years later. You would not be able to stop me from, like, swimming to Europe to go get him and to, like, get my hands on him. I hear that 100%. I'm going to say something that might be a little unpopular here, but I don't get the sense that Beverly is, like, maybe a stellar mom. (laughs) Beverly's not great. Bev, girl, I'm sorry if you're listening. Bev's not great. I mean, and maybe, like, Carrie's the only one in the family with a passport. I mean, like, who knows? Like, we don't – I guess we don't know. But, like, I I don't get the sense that Beverly is, like – yeah. But again, like, you think a passport would stop me from going to get a little sprinkle from Spain? It wouldn't stop you because you're a stellar mom. Oh. I think Beverly, I'm, I don't really think we can, you know, she's not winning any, like, Mom of the Year awards. I, don't I will say this. Beverly clearly suffers from addiction. And that's, like, a horrible, sure. terrible disease that does terrible things. Yes. 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 But, yeah, yes, that's a good yes. point. Okay. Well, our girl Carrie flies to Spain to get quote-unquote nicholas so this is uh, this is insane this is absurd so she gets to spain and she's like oh my god hi like it's you oh my god and like rushes right to him hugs him and like frederick even says like 
in the end, he's like, it was, like, a little fucking weird. Like, she totally, like, I thought she would knew immediately that, like, it wasn't her brother, but she didn't. She totally thought it was me. So they have to meet with a judge in order to grant Frederick an emergency U.S. passport to be able to fly back home. And the judge is like, okay, but I need some proof that, like, you're actually Nicholas Barclay. So I want you to, in court, identify people in family photos, right? And so, again, like, Frederick is like, oh, shit. Like, the gig is up. Like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And according to him, Carrie sits him down before the hearing and is showing him all the photos and saying things like, see, that's uh, that's Aunt Catherine. Remember? That's Uncle Matt. Remember? Like, being very, like, coachy with him. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Okay. First of all, this judge was going to, what, fingerprint him originally, and now he's like, eh, point out some photos. Like, are you that kidding me? That is such an excellent point. Like, that's the test? Is that all it takes to get an emergency passport? Shit, like, well, why am not I filling out my passport, passport application? A U.S. passport. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. That's absurd. You're telling me, as I have to fill out a two-page application, get my photo taken, pay an application fee, send all my documents in to give a passport. I have to wait eight weeks. Meanwhile, Hernandez Fernandez, Hernandez is Fernandez like, up in here. oh, yeah, that's that's old Grandpa Joe. Like, yeah, I yeah. know him. That's yeah. that's absurd. That's I'm nuts. sorry. Spain, do better. Isn't that just wild? That's wild to me. Yeah. Spain, do better. And I mean, admittedly, so this is what, 1997? So this is like a post-9-11 or pre-9-11 world, but... Sarah's not impressed. Okay. No, no. Do better. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. That is that is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Well, with all of Carrie's coaching, um, Frederick Hernandez, <laughs> Fernandez, Germandez is able to identify all the family members and judges like, sure, no problem. See you later. Sorry for your troubles. Like, back wow. to Texas you go. Okay. In Texas of all places. Texas. I don't know if our guy – Frege is going to do real well here. Frege might not be cut out for fuck Texas. Frege might be like, what the hell have I gotten myself into? Well, it's so interesting you say that because, like, truly, that is, like, that's, like, the next part of my notes. Like, truly, <laughs> that is what happens. Sorry. He, like, gets there and they, like, live in a trailer park and they live in, like, a really, like, rundown part of Texas. And he's like, um. <laughs> what am I doing here? Like, he was like, this is not the America that, like, I thought. Like, look, this guy probably watched Pretty Woman one time and, like, thought that's what it was like to go to America. Dude, you had to play Pictionary to get in. Like, what did you think you were going into? <laughs> Sorry. Now I'm, like, now I'm just now annoyed. Like, now she's pissed, guys. This is ridiculous. No. Oh, so now he's going to be, like, oh, beggars can't be choosers. Well, he's not happy with the accommodations at Beverly Hills. <laughs> so... Okay, so he flies home and, like, I don't know, after about a month or so, like, he just, like I said, he just, like, starts to just not, he's like, this fucking sucks. Like, I don't like this. So he starts, like, skipping school. He gets arrested for speeding and stealing Carrie's car. And, like, what's funny is that, like, this almost, like, reinforces that he's Nicholas, though, right? Like, he's like, oh, yep, that tracks. Like, yep, right? But this is what's – and this is where it turns. This is so interesting to me. Frederick starts to get really suspicious of the family. So according to him – now, granted, obviously you can't trust a goddamn word that comes out of this guy's mouth. But 
according to him, like Beverly and Jason, so the mom and the brother, were both mm-hmm. extremely reserved with him. So like when he flew into the airport and like Beverly met him there, he mm-hmm. like went to give her a hug and she was like very standoffish, like very – he actually – like, he asked to live with Beverly at first, and she was like, no, I don't want you to live here. Like, you can live with Carrie. Right? And again, like, they – like, Nicholas, like, the real Nicholas and mm-hmm. Beverly had a very, like, tough relationship. But, like, mm-hmm. he started to think, like, that's a little weird. And the brother, Jason, didn't actually go to see his, you know, quote-unquote brother for two months after he got back. Like, he just, like, delayed visiting. And, like, Frederick was like, that's fucking weird, dude. Like – I'm your supposed long lost brother and you're just like not really interested. Like, so what, what Frederick says is that Beverly and Jason treated him less like a family member and more like a quote unquote ghost. So one time, yeah, well, one time allegedly, um, he, uh, Bourdain was staying with Beverly again, like pretending to be Nicholas. I guess he, he was, like, coming and going from, like, Carrie's house and Beverly's house, like, all this stuff. And Breen alleges that Beverly got so drunk that she screamed at him, quote, I know that God punished me by sending you to me. I don't know who the hell you are. Why the fuck are you doing this? End quote. Damn. And, of course, Beverly disputes this claim. Sure. Yeah. So, at this point, our guy, Frege, is like, <laughs> oh, my God. Beverly and Jason killed this kid. What? Yeah. He's like, they are so, like, desperate for, like, me to be Nicholas Barclay that, like, even though, like, I'm clearly not, they are pretending like I am. Like, and I just scrolled down to find this quote. He says at one point, he says, quote, I'm a good imposter, but I'm not that good, end quote. Well, no. I mean, he didn't think he was going to get away with this to begin with. So, like, right. I guess and that's maybe kind of my. That's like his point, though, right? He's like, um, no one's going to call me on this. No one's going to be like, ah, uh, fuck you, dude. You're not this kid. Yeah. So then, I guess my question would be like, if he's being treated this way, like, why continue on with? Like, why not just like disappear? You're in America. Like, disappear yeah. in America. There's no one coming after you. Well, because according to him, he now wants to like pin nicholas's murder on these people he's like these people killed this kid like i've got to figure this out all right this guy no just go away (laughs) just go away like that's no go away yeah well again according to him yeah okay all right well so at this point i love this so much enter our hero ms charlie parker Okay. Ooh, Tell me Charlie. that Charlie does not have the most fantastic detective name you've ever heard in your entire I, life. If I want someone de- de- detecting me, I want it to be <laughs> a Charlie Parker. Okay. So Charlie Parker. <laughs> I'm now on the record for that. So. Yes. Well, I got you, girl. So my guy, Charlie Parker, is a private investigator. And in November of 1997, so about like a, a little – almost two months after our guy, Frey Gay, came to Texas – um, he wanted to do a video story on Nicholas's like amazing return. So he went to Carrie's house and he actually interviewed Frederick on camera. And he was like, uh, my guy, <laughs> like you do not look like Nicholas. <laughs> so this kind of like got his wheels turning. 
Mm-hmm. He started like doing some research, like asking experts, like, can your eye color really change? And they're like, girl, no. And they're like, well, what about like accents? Like if, could you really lose a Texas accent and only be able to speak in a French accent? And they're like, fucking no. Like, yeah, absolutely not. And so our guy, Charlie Parker, alerts the FBI and thus brings into our life special agent Nancy Fisher. Again, another Just fantastic fanta- Charlie Parker and Nancy Fisher. Are you kidding me with this right now? They're on the job. <laughs> I love it so much. So It's like a sitcom. <laughs> So the FBI call our girl Bev and are like, girl, you in danger. We think there's like a legit criminal living like in and around your house and your family. But Beverly and her family are adamant. They're like, nope, this is Nicholas. There's no way. This is an imposter. This is Nicholas. So Agent Fisher starts kind of doing her own digging and she takes Frederick to go see like a psychologist. (laughs) And like basically under the guise of like, oh, well, we need to get you treated for all of this horrible sexual abuse you told us that you Mm -hmm. experienced. And so he's like, okay. So the psychologist is all of us right now. And like, fucking no way is this Nicholas Barclay. (laughs) Yeah. like Like there's no signs of trauma. There's... This French accent that like, just, is unexplainable. It's unexplainable. So again, Agent Fisher says to Beverly and the rest of the family, like, guys, this is a really dangerous situation. Like, we think there's a dangerous criminal living in your home. Like, we need a blood sample in order to prove this. And the family refuses to give a blood sample. Wow. So Agent Fisher has to go get a warrant. So, well, what do I you think, think about that? I think this almost actually like kind of proves Frege's like point that maybe these people had something to do with it because yes. like if they really need him to be Nicholas, right? Because at first I'm like, well, they for like their own emotional health, they need this guy right. to be their missing son because totally it's soothing, you know? Yeah, but. I don't – I mean, I don't know. Now that you've said that, like, now I'm like, well, no, this almost proves – Is that weird? Yeah, that, like, they need him. Yeah. <laughs> this is wild. Yeah. So they get the sample for the blood sample. They run <laughs> – they run this blood sample. They run Bourdine's fingerprints through Interpol, and lo and behold, <laughs> 16-year-old Nicholas Barclay is actually 23-year-old international fugitive Frege <laughs> Bourdine. <laughs> Frege Hernandez Fernandez Bordine. <laughs> wow. I mean, and shocking. One, Michelangelo Martini. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get shocking. a cat and name it Michelangelo Martini. You, seriously, though, that might be my new dog names. <laughs> so, obviously, he's, like, immediately taken into custody. And he, like, tells FBI, he's like, yeah, I'm sketchy as fuck, but my guy, you got to look into Beverly and Jason. Like, these guys killed this kid. <sighs> and... So they're like, all right, we'll do some digging. So at this point, Beverly fails a lie detector test about this. They ask her, did you have anything to do with the disappearance of your son? Did you know where he is? Fail, 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 fail. I mean. I mean, we all know how we feel about lie detectors. Yeah. I mean, like, that's shitty, but all right. Okay. Also, she's, you know, she suffers from addiction. Yes. Also, she's low income. Also, like, also, 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 like. There could be extenuating circumstances there. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't look great, but. So Jason is then questioned. Um, He's very closed off, hesitant to answer any questions about Nicholas, really doesn't give them anything. And six weeks after being questioned, he dies of an overdose. 
Ooh. Yeah. That's tough. She's sad. Rest in peace, Jason. I still think you're maybe not great. Mm, yeah. He's <laughs> garbage so, question mark. A year later, on September 9th, 1998, uh, Frege Bourdine stood in an in- San Antonio courtroom and pleaded guilty to perjury and obtaining and possessing false documents. So the judge actually sentenced him to six years. <laughs> well, damn. Well, damn. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a lot of years. It's just a significant amount of years. So our guy serves his time. Can you imagine how frege did in a fucking texas prison not well my guy i don't imagine he did great i don't imagine i'm surprised they didn't just deport him oh i never thought about that like why keep him here that's u.s that's tax an, dollars that's a, <laughs> the u.s of a that's an excellent question i don't know that's Although interesting I, now saying that i wonder maybe he did do really well in prison because i mean he is like a master manipulator right like i mean maybe yeah, but I'm sure he probably did better than the average Joe would do in prison. Here's a question. Would you share your toilet wine with Frege in prison? Probably not. No. Yes, you would. I think I, he, I actually – I would probably fall for him. Yeah, I, would I, I, think you'd be, I think you would be charmed by him. I think I would be charmed by him too. <laughs> he's actually – he's pretty cute. Like I was giving him a little goog earlier. He's cute. Yeah, that little French accent. Yeah. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> Yeah. Well, but, uh, but, well, yeah. well, no, he only has that because he was prevented from speaking English. Oh, no, right. My bad. My bad. Totally forgot. You're so, right. So, okay. So within months of being released from prison in the U.S., he served his time. He was released. He's deported back to France. So within months, so in October of 2003, Bourdine resumes playing a child again. He stole the identity of a 14-year-old missing French boy named Leo who vanished almost eight years earlier on a camping trip. Um, but this time the police were like, girl, no, and did a DNA, DNA test and quickly realized that this was another fraud. Where was that DNA test in 97? Well, but they want, but like, remember they had to get the warrant. Oh yeah. Right. So, and so again, like he continues to do this. Like the first story I told you was in 2005. Like he's just continuing to do this. All I was able to find about him now is that he lives in France with his wife and his daughter, and he's a telemarketer. <laughs> this guy's a parent. Let that mm-hmm. sink in. And to this day, the disappearance of Nicholas Barclay remains unsolved. Dang. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Do you think the family had something to do with the disappearance? Oh, I do. I, 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 think, I think Jason probably killed allegedly killed nicholas barclay and i think his mom knows either she was a part of it or she found out after the fact and it's covering up yeah. for him um but yeah i i think a hundred percent and i think exactly like you said they needed him to be nicholas barclay because it and, was there yeah yep, because it was going to cover up for yep what about you what side do you take on this one yeah, I think yeah, I think that too, but I struggle with like if that's what they needed, then why not sit this guy down who you know is not your son and say, "Listen. Yeah, I know you're not my son. I know this because X Y and Z. Frege is not a stand-up guy." <laughs> like you know what I mean? I think I like yeah. I think I would run the risk of being like, listen, like, I did some bad shit. Like, you've clearly done some bad shit, right? Like, yeah. you have enough against each other that, like, in this instance, it could be, you know, amenable. Like, listen, I yeah. know you're not him. Like, if we need to call on you to be our son, like, you're going to do it because now you're in the United States. Yeah. Like, he got a free pass. 
So for him to say, oh, well, uh-huh. like, no, but I think that, like, they killed this Nicholas. Like, he's not – he, it's not altruistic. Like, he's not being a good guy. He isn't a good guy. No, he's definitely not. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So, like, go your own – like, go your separate ways. Well, but what do you think about, like, do you think it's too big of a coincidence? It's like, oh, the the kid you just so happened to pick from the National Missing and Exploited Children, like, just so happened to be someone that might have been murdered by his family so they'd be more likely to take you in? Like, do you think that's too big of a coincidence to, like, make that leap? Um, you see, like, like, of all the kids that he picked. Yeah. He uh, happened to pick a kid whose family may have been responsible for his disappearance. I I see the, I see what you're you see, saying, you see, right? But, but I I mean I think I think that's just that's just how like I'm, that's a big coincidence. It's a huge coincidence, yeah. So, or I mean so what side are you taking on this? Do you think his family has something to do with this? <sighs> Yeah, probably. Yeah. I it sucks. I know. It's just so sad. Yeah. And I whether, think what whether, I Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say like whether they whether intentionally or unintentionally, yes. I think so. See, and what I think is like an interesting piece of evidence is this story that Jason told of like, "Oh, Nicholas came back to the house later and tried to break in. See, he really was a runaway." Like, I think that's very telling that he would do that. Yeah, because it's like, "Well, then why didn't you like you saw yeah. him trying to break in. You were just like, oh, hey, dude, like, right. and went about your day. Like, no, like, any grieving family member wouldn't do that. Right. And it's very like, I don't oh, think. well, look, he was alive six months later. I don't know. Like. Yeah. I think that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. This story is wild. This was good, right? Yeah. This yeah. was super good. Wow. And that was so good. I'm fired up. What a story. That was a story. I mean, we want to talk about stories. Our guy, Frederick Bourdain. I just, just out there being a telemarketer now. Can you believe that? The audacity. You know what? Because I'm the one on a Wednesday who'd pick up the phone and be like, oh, really? (laughs) Yes, I would like to buy some knives. (laughs) You're asking (laughs) Frederick. Yes, I need 20 Swiffers. Please send them to this address. I know. Well. Gosh, what if you, Frederick, if you're listening to this right now, hi. Do you think he'll email us? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, speaking of, Sarah, what if like a nice normal person wants to email us? Oh my gosh. Well, they should email our Sisters Take Aside email address, which is (laughs) sisters.take.a.side at gmail.com yes ma'am and um speaking of which emily are you in our inbox have we gotten any listener questions i do have our listener question (gasps) for today are you psyched get ready i'm so excited i love this okay so this really nice listener um reached out to me actually reached out on my personal facebook page okay um, which hey girl all right (laughs) how did they find that but okay well from the tco 
Facebook page. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Okay. So she reached out okay. to me on my personal okay. Facebook page um, and was asking about – She so she basically wants to know, like, what does our process look like? And she asked if, Sarah, you, you answered this for us. Sarah, do we hire researchers for the show? Um, sadly, <laughs> our budget for this show does not include oh. hiring researchers, although it is – a personal goal. I think it's a, a show goal of Doesn't ours sound to get amazing. to that point. Yeah, because here's the thing, right? And I guess this kind of answers the question a little bit. Like, you and I love talk. We, yes. I, I, I called you to like talk about something I saw on Instagram that was like true crime related, and I like, yeah, we couldn't get off the phone. Right? Yeah, we love talking about this stuff. The, the I think the I think the hard part is the research, right? Because you and I, we don't do anything half-assed. We don't do anything I'm a whole-ass kind of girl. We are whole-ass type of women, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we want to make sure we have our facts right. I know, personally, I get, like, the worst anxiety attacks when it comes to, like, oh, my God, what if I got a fact wrong? Like, Ashland, Virginia. How you okay. insulted an entire <laughs> community of people in our home state. Like yes, that is exactly <laughs> like that. Right. We've had um, people write in about that. <laughs> I know. I'm a hot dummy. I'm sorry. Oh. Beautiful and not smart. Okay. <laughs> the Guys, she can't is, she can't have it all. Okay. I can't have it all. It wouldn't be fair to the rest of you. Sorry. <laughs> um so but the point is like our process does not include like we we do the research ourselves. Yes. Yeah. But I would love to one day be able to hire someone to do the research for me. Well, I didn't that make I, even, I even said to her, I was like, is that an option? I is that even, even a, yeah, is that even like possible? No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so basically, yeah, our process is basically we have like a running list of cases we think we want to cover. And then, you know, you guys suggest things, obviously. Um, and that changes our mind sometimes, which is fun. And then from there, um, we take like a week or so to research, usually online or through books or whatever other podcasts sometimes and we write like kind of like a pretty loose script of like just the facts we want to cover um and then yeah we get on record and i edit the episodes usually the audio and sarah does our social media and you know i mean i was trying to throw a little bone your way i know i appreciate it that's really kind of you guys i do our social media emily listen i'm old i don't know how to do all that stuff Oh, I'm the okay. talent here. All right. No, just talent. Here. Just kidding. Okay. JK. Um, well, yeah. So thank you for that listener question. Um, yeah. Keep them coming. We're going to try and answer one at the end of every episode. Yeah. So, so thank you so much. All right. I think that wraps us up. You want to take us out? I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And this is Sisters Take a Side.